powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. We started a brand new series. You've already seen it there. Jesus. Okay, that was good, but let's get it a little bit better. Jesus. And so we're going to go another further in that teaching today. As you're standing, if you lift your Bibles high, we're going to make our confession of faith together. Let's do it. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message I'm about to receive. Remain standing. Go to John chapter 14, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospel of John chapter number 14. We're going to look at one verse there, verse number six. While you're flipping there, just say that name one more time. There is no other name by which favor comes, by which peace comes, by which healing comes, by which deliverance comes. Whatever you need, it's in that name. I said, whatever you need, it's in that name. If you need some hope, it's in that name. If you need some favor, it's in that name. If you need some healing, it's in that name. It, it, ain't, it ain't in your mama name, in your cousin name. No, it's in that name. Somebody shouted one more time. Something happens when you say that name. That's why I feel like preaching at the 1115. That's why the Jews wouldn't even utter his actual name because they knew the name had great power. They just said the name. John 14 and 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am. Let me harvest. I am is actually God's name. Moses said to God uh, in Exodus, he says, who shall I say sent me? He said, you shall tell them I am. Say I am. I am in Hebrew literally translates to mean I will prove what I am to be. In other words, some of the situations uh, you might be in are God saying, I need you to see that I am exactly what I said I am. You, you don't know that he's a way maker until you need him to make a way. You don't know that he'll turn things around for your favor until you need him to turn something for your favor. You don't quite know what it is that he is until sometimes he reveals to you that that's what he is. So he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way. Now watch this. In other words, he says, my name is the way. Which means Jesus is more than just a name, but it's a way of life. Say it's a way of life. 
Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Father, I decrease now that you might increase. Father, speak now in this place that we would move and walk in everything that you have ordained. Father, we declare that in your name, there is not just a power. There is not just healing. There is not just favor. There is not just life. But in your name, Father, there is also a way, a way that is superior to the way we've been doing life. And so today we make a conscious decision to exchange our way of life, to pick up your way of life so father taylor make this word customize it for us your people that we move in what you've ordained and we honor you for it now in jesus name somebody shout hallelujah Hallelujah. now watch this before you take your seats i want you to have five two or three people but tell them the title watch the change here tell them don't die like a fool tell them don't die like a fool you can be seated for those of you, maybe you're just here for the first time at Harvest Soul, just so you know where we're at in this particular series, it says, there is no other name by which we can receive favor, healing, life, peace, joy, or hope. And in this life-giving series, we're going to reveal, receive, and apply the power of that name that is above every name. You know it. Shout it. Now, now watch this. We kicked off this series last week, acquainting and reacquainting ourselves with the love that emanates from his name. But today, as we move further in this series, I want to teach you about a man in the Bible whose life is summed up like this in 2 Samuel 3 and 33. I'm going to read it from King James Version. They're going to show it to you in the New King James Version. It says this, and the king, which is referring to David here, and the king lamented over Abner and said, died Abner as a fool died. New King James reads like this, and the king sang a lament, or he sang a sad song. Somebody say sad song over Abner and said should Abner die as a fool dies in other words implied in the question is the statement that Abner died like a fool touch your neighbor say he died like a fool Now, consider this. Out of all of the thousands of years of biblical history, we do not have this narrative of a man dying like a fool, except in this case of Abner. Now, I submit to you that throughout biblical history, there were a lot of people that were fools and a lot of people that did foolish things. But why is it that this man, somebody say this man, why is it that this man, Abner, the scripture explicitly takes the time to record that he died and he died like a fool died? It's one thing to just die a natural death. It's one thing to die an unforeseen death, but it's another thing to die like a fool dies. Somebody say why? Well, I'm glad that you asked the question. The real genius isn't the room, isn't always the person with the answer. Sometimes it's the person with the question. So can I tell you the story? I said, can I tell you the story? Uh, King David, who at this particular time in 2 Samuel chapter 3, has leadership over Judah. Now, uh, the nation of Israel had split at this time, and there were two, they were divided. The northern uh, part of the kingdom was called Israel. Say Israel. Israel. The southern part of the kingdom was called Judah. Say Judah. Now, King David has leadership over Judah, or the southern part of the nation, and he's preparing to take the helm of the entire nation from King Saul's dynasty, which simply means King Saul's sons, because King Saul has died. Somebody say Saul is dead. There's a man named Abner who was loyal to King Saul's dynasty. He was loyal to King Saul's sons. And watch this. In fact, uh, the scripture even suggests that he was related to King Saul. And he gets in a fight with some of David's mighty men. Literally what happens is one of David's mighty men and uh, Abner, they come together and they're like, well, listen, since we're together, we might as well fight. So they said, have some of the young men come out and allow them to fight. And we're going to sit here and watch them fight. It was the equivalent of you today. Anybody like boxing in here? Okay, for all seven of you, it's the equivalent equivalent of the seven people in this room that like to watch boxing matches, matches, but you got to watch them most time on pay-per-view. You got to buy the fight. And when you buy the fight, you normally want some people to go in on the fight with you. Because if I'm going to spend this $60 to get this pay-per-view, you're going to bring something. If you ain't paid, you better bring the chicken wings. You're going to... 
Now watch this. What happens is uh, as the fight is ending, the fight's not going well for Abner. It's not going well for King Saul's dynasty. And so Abner tries to leave the fight. Please understand it's interesting because uh, he was the one that started it, but then he wanted to leave it. It's interesting the fights that people will pick with you, and then once the fight ensues, all of a sudden they're nowhere to be found. Has anybody ever met somebody like that? They, they, they want to call you and say some crazy stuff to you, but then when you want to say, okay, now let me say my piece, I got to go. Well, now wait a minute now. If you're going to start this thing, you better be prepared to finish this thing. Abner couldn't finish the fight. Just your neighbors. Hey, don't be like Abner. If you're going to start something, go on and finish it. What, are there any finishers in this 11, 15 a.m. experience? Anybody can start something, but it takes a real somebody to finish something. High five your neighbors. I believe you're a finisher. But Abner wasn't a finisher. Abner said, no, no, I'm going to lead this fight because it's not going well. In other words, he said, because, watch this, because it doesn't look like it's going well now, Abner said, I'm going to jump ship. He said, because it doesn't look like it's going well now. And so as he's leaving the fight, touch your neighbor and say he was leaving the fight. A man, one of David's mighty men uh, named Ashael comes after him. And so we see the exchange that happens. Abner's leaving, and as he's leaving, Ashael, who the Bible declares he was a fast runner. I mean, he was one of these track guys that could just run real fast. And so he's running after Abner, and as he's running after Abner, Abner's like, man, leave me alone. Ashael is like, no. Abner's like, for real? Ashael's like, no. And Abner's like, say what? As Abner's leaving and Ashel's coming after him, he continues to ask him to leave him. He wouldn't leave him alone. Watch what happens. 2 Samuel 2, 23. However, he refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with the blunt end of the spear so that the spear came out of his back. And he fell down there and he died on the spot. So it was that as many came to the place where Ashel fell down and died, they stood still. Now, one of these men, if you keep reading, is named Joab. Say Joab. Joab is Ashael's brother, and when he sees Abner kill his brother, he's furious. Uh, uh, please understand. In other words, Joab is like, now I can talk to him like that, but now you? <laughs> so he's furious. Somebody say furious. He's so hot, he ain't even hot no more. You have been so mad that your anger turned into happiness? Okay, four people know about it. You ever been so angry that you start laughing like, hoo-wee, ha! You're like, I'm so mad, I had to start my anger over at zero. I was at 100, but I got so heated, I had to go. I'm like at a five now. By the way, let me parenthetically say, those are the folks you got to watch out for. Because the issue is, they don't really know how much anger they actually have. It's like a broken gas tank. You could ride around on the light if you try, but that light will lie to you. Watch this. As Joab sees this, he's what? Angry. He's mad. Now, a while later, King Ashibosheth, say it with me. <laughs> Some of you are like, <laughs> you know how you'd be reading the Bible when you were a kid and you got to something you didn't know and you just. <laughs> and then the Lord had said, to, uh, He had told him, No, don't be doing that no more. <laughs> okay. Watch this. King Ashibosheth. So remember, David's got rulership over what part of the nation? southern part. King Ashibosheth, which is one of Saul's sons, he's got control over, watch this, the northern part of the nation. And as he's got leadership, he asked this man Abner about a woman. He asked this man Abner about a relationship that he was in. Here's the exchange, 2 Samuel 3, 7. Now Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah. Everybody say Rizpah. She's the daughter of Ahiah. And Ishibosheth said to Abner, watch what he says, 
why did you go into my father's concubine? That's real nice, good King James English for why in the world are y'all together? Together. Verse 8. Then Abner, watch, he was very angry over the words of Ashibosheth and said, Am I a dog's head of Judah? To this day I keep showing steadfast love or loyalty to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and I am not giving you into the hand of David. And yet you charge me today with the fault concerning a woman. Notice he never actually responds to what Ashibosheth said to him. He gets angry over the fact that Ashibosheth even asks him. And the issue with what's going on with Abner is because Abner was such a fool. Abner did not understand that the question was for his protection. You got to be careful who you call yourself getting angry with because sometimes the people that you get angry with are the people that were trying to save you in the first place. And you know what's interesting is this woman's name, Rizpah, I believe that Ashibosheth wanted to warn, warn Abner about this woman because Ashibosheth knew that Rizpah's name meant hot coal. In other words, Ishibosheth said, I'm trying to help you, Abner, because you're playing with fire and she's going to burn you. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. And, and it's interesting because Ishibosheth's name literally translates into the man of God. So in other words, the man of God says to Abner, I'm trying to warn you about this relationship you're in because it's going to tear you up. But he got an attitude with him. But please don't say, let me help you. When God gives you leadership, you should treasure the gift of leadership that you've been given. Stop asking God to give you answers. And when the answer shows up, but you don't like it, you run from the answer. Because watch what happens to Abner. Abner, he, he didn't like this rebuke from King Ashibosheth. He didn't like this rebuke from the man of God. That's literally what his name translates into. Ish means man. Ishibosheth, man of God. Watch this. Watch what happens. Because he's like, I'm angry. How dare you even ask me this question? To all these years I've been faithful to you, Ishibosheth, uh, and your father's house, and to all of what I've done for you. I can't believe you asking me about this chicken, I mean, about this woman. How <laughs> dare you ask me about this woman? Notice, he never actually answers the question. <laughs> he just says, How dare you ask me? Watch this. His arrogance and his pride is about to write a check that his life has insufficient funds for. Because he says, I'm so angry at you, Ashibosheth. I'm going to go to David. And I'm going to negotiate with David so to make sure he takes over the northern part of the kingdom. And he said, I'm going to turn against you because I'm upset at your rebuke toward me. He said, I'm upset that you thought you could correct me. Who you, who you, you going to correct me? Okay, since y'all ain't saying nothing. I've been with you, Bishop, since you started. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. You got folk on your job. Well, I was working here before you came. Well, it's funny, they didn't promote you. So evidently they didn't think. He gets an attitude. Touch your name and say, got an attitude. He gets this attitude and he says, I'm going to negotiate with David. And watch this. As he's leaving his negotiation to turn against Ishibosheth, watch verse 27. Now, when an Abner had returned to Hebron, Joab, y'all remember Joab, right? That's Ashael's brother, remember? And Joab was heated. He was livid. He was upset. Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately. In other words, he said, come here, man, let me holler at you. And there he stabbed him in the stomach. So that he died for the blood of Ashael, his brother. 
Check this out. He went to go turn again to Shibosheth. But what he didn't know is in his rebellion and in his dishonor and in his disobedience and in his disloyalty was the setup that was going to take him out. Oh, God, I'm here to tell somebody that you got to be careful who you decide to turn against. And you got to be careful who you decide to run your mouth against because the scripture records that Abner died like a fool. Why, though? Why, 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 why? We didn't say Abner died like a fool. There were many people in the Bible that did foolish things. We've all done foolish things. Look at the neighbor and say, you too. That was the wrong neighbor. That's okay. The 915 did that too. Touch the other neighbor and say, you too. We've all done foolish things. We've all made foolish mistakes. But the Bible, uh, in my research, this is the only man that had recorded this specific set of words that he died like a fool. Well, maybe the, uh, the, the realization of why he died like a fool is found in his name. The name Abner in Hebrew means my father is light. I give you the Hebrew because that's your Old Testament. My father is light. Let me contemporize it for you. He represents a Christian that acted like a fool. You missed it. His father is light, so he represents a Christian that acted like a fool. Now, I got good news for you. We've all acted like a fool. Thank you for the 15 of y'all that can be honest. I'm here to tell you, if you don't think you've acted like a fool, that's your first fool move. I got good news for everybody in here. We've all acted like a fool. We've all made some dumb decisions. We've all had some Abner days. Matter of fact, we all got the same t-shirt on. We all drinking the same Kool-Aid. We've all done the same thing. But what I love about it is that Jesus gives us another chance. But watch this. He gives us a better way. Which means if you're sitting in here today beating yourself up because of every foolish thing you've done, I'm here to tell you, come up out of that depression. Come up out of that discouragement. Jesus says, I got another chance for you, but not just another chance I've got a better way how found your neighbor say he has another way that was the wrong neighbor did the other one say he has another way there are two basic ways of life the way of the fool and the way of the faithful Jesus is more than just a name that you run to when you're in trouble Jesus is a way of life that will keep you out of trouble it's one thing to call on him when you need him to get you out of something. But it's another thing to live his way so you ain't got to get in nothing. He's got to get you out of. See, if you need a miracle, that means you're constantly in crisis. But if you're walking in the blessing, you don't need a miracle because the blessing is providing for you. And I think it's a few people at this 11, 15 a.m. experience. Maybe they ain't here, but maybe they're watching online that says, I'm sick and tired of making foolish decisions. I'm sick and Watch this, watch this, say the way of the faithful. Jesus said, I am the way. So he says, I have another way to do life. You've been doing life the way your generations before you have been doing it, and it didn't work for them. So why in the heaven do you think it's going to work for you? You've been approaching relationships the same way everybody in your bloodline has, and it ain't worked for them. You've been approaching finances the same way everybody in your bloodline has, and it's not worked for them. So Jesus says, come here, come here, tell your secret. I got a whole other way to do this thing. And you don't have to be jacked up all the time. You don't have to be stressed up all the time. You don't have to be in drama all the time. Life should not be an episode of some lifetime movie for you all the time. Baby, it's time for you to live. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you have life more abundantly. He says, I have another way. Somebody shout another way. I said shout it, not say it loud. No, I says, there are some foolish ways in all of us. Can we be honest? Now, here's the beauty. If it's your first time to harvest, you may not know this. You can be real here. You don't have to put on your good churchy religious face like, I've never made any mistakes. I'm just bougie and have it all together. 
Everything in my life is perfect. Great. We got some records from Google. See, it got real quiet. See how quiet it got right there? Now, here, here's the deal. You, you don't have to be that way. Touch your neighbor and say, you can be real. Because here's what I found out. When you get real, that's when you get free. Until you can be honest about the realities of the vicissitudes and the situations that you're in, I discovered you can't get free because you cannot fix what you deny is there. How can I work on what I deny is there in the first place? So I'm going to say it again and just make sure I got 100% compliance. If not, I can just put the video on for the rest of what I taught earlier this morning. Watch this. There are some foolish ways in all of us. And we've got to get them out of us. I said we've got to get them out of us. I said, we've got to get them out of us. Look at the neighbor. Say, you too. That, that was the wrong neighbor. Look at that other neighbor. Say, you too. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Here, I, I got a question for you. I, I got a question for you. Uh, uh, what, what is it? What, what is it that uh, if, let me say it this way. If you don't bury some of your foolish ways, then your foolish ways will bury something of yours. Okay, let me tell you what a lot of, a lot of spiritual people try to do to, to make up for foolish ways. But the Lord didn't want me to have it. Could it be that he did want you to have it, but the fool in you killed it? I know it's really, I know it's really nice and it feels really good to say, especially if you grew up in the South, you heard stuff like this. But the baby was for you. Not true. That's a lie. Not true. It's nowhere in the Bible. God says, now I've set this before you, but you got to choose. Today, I set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Now choose. Touch your neighbor and say choose. Maybe you heard something like this. Well, child, if the Lord don't want it to happen, it ain't going to happen. That's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the text. It's nowhere in there. What it is, is it's a nice way to try to justify why the potential we have is not realized. And, and so today, I got to kill that because that's the reason why there's some stuff you've been praying for, some stuff you've been believing for, and you've not seen it manifest. I need to tell you that perhaps it is the Abner that's in you. So my question is, what has the Abner in you taken from you? So I brought the coffin because in the coffin, now there actually is some stuff in it now, so I can't get in now from, from, from the last experience. But, but Abner, watch this, he's a fool. Say he's a fool. And watch this, if you don't bury your foolish ways, he's going to bury some of yours. So my question is, what is it that Abner has stolen from you? That you decided, well, I guess God didn't want me to have it. And God is saying, what are you talking about? It's still right there. I just need you to kill Abner. Because a fool can't handle that. You don't give a fool power. You don't give a fool wealth. You don't give a fool riches. You don't give a fool influence. So what's in here? Uh, you know, those, uh, that's some keys. Uh, that's the keys to the car you're supposed to be driving. Uh, wait a minute. That's the keys. That's the keys to the house you're supposed to have. Wait a minute, that's a picture of the relationship you should have, but the fool in you wanted the roughneck opposed to the one that was good. There's some stuff. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. But wait a minute, there's some opportunities you're supposed to have, but the fool in you killed. There's some peace that's supposed to be yours that the fool in you killed. There's some joy that's supposed to be yours that the fool in you killed. There's some healing in you that's supposed to be yours, but the fool in you killed. There's some lack of drama you're supposed to have, but the fool in you killed it. Somebody say, Abner must die. The scripture says, the thief comes to... Still killing and destroying. Jesus says, I am coming that you might have 
Now, now here's what I need you to understand. Here's what I need you to understand. Here's what I need you to understand. Please get this. Please get this. Uh, Abner is a robber. The trip is he lives in you. So he takes from you what you espouse to want. I think we understand that. I think we understand that. The Abner in us takes from us. And there is a whole lot of life that you're supposed to have that you're not walking in because Abner took it from you. But today, that's all right. Somebody on Roku is shouting about this. But today, see the scripture says, if a thief is found. So the reason I had to teach you about Abner is so that you could find Abner. And now that you found Abner, the Bible says when you find the thief, he's got to repay you seven times everything that he... Which means all the joy that's supposed to be yours, you're about to get that back. All the peace that's supposed to be yours, you're about to get that back. The healing that's a... That's supposed to be yours. You got to get that back. The job opportunity that's supposed to be yours. You got to get that back. Somebody shout, Abner must die. What's this? Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. It's a book about wisdom. And it talks a lot about fools. And author Marvin Wilson wrote about the various meaning for the word fool that's seen in Proverbs. So I'm going to give you these four definitions of the word fool very quickly. And when you see uh, yourself, because guess what? We're all going to see ourselves. So here's the good thing about this message. Don't sit here and say, man, I really messed it up. That's not the purpose of this message. The purpose of this message is to say, that fool. Now, I didn't know he was in me. I was blaming mama them, daddy them, cousin them, so-and-so, this and that, this and that, the man. What man? You were blaming everybody else except the fool in you. But today, we taking that trick out back and we finna let Abner have it. Y'all not saying that to me every foolish thing you've ever done and every foolish decision you've ever made today that ends. Somebody shout Abner must die. So watch this. Watch this. The first definition of fool that's used in Hebrew there in the book of Proverbs is the Hebrew word petty. P-E-T-I. Petty. Which simply means a simple and silly fool. Anybody ever done simple and silly stuff? We all have. Come on, you be honest. We all have. Now here's the deal. This fool makes mistakes because he's inconsistent in the right things, and he's consistent in the wrong things. He inconsistently prays, but he consistently worries. He inconsistently gives, but he consistently worries about how he's going to meet his bills. He inconsistently comes to church, but he consistently wonders why life won't change. He inconsistently, watch this, goes to the gym, but he consistently wonders when he's going to have a body from the magazine. He inconsistently... Are you here? So he makes mistakes because he's inconsistent, but what I love about this fool is that this fool will write the mistake once he realizes he's made a mistake. Is anybody in here that can say, God, I didn't sure done some foolish things, but that thing, I write it that. And that thing, I write it that. Watch this. Proverbs 132 talks about this fool. It says, for the turning away, which means the faithless and inconsistency in the right things of the simple, of the petty, will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Which teaches us this, is that a petty normally, watch this, makes simple and silly decisions because he's complacent. Complacency just simply communicates to us that he's bored. So oftentimes we make poor, simple, and silly decisions because we're bored. It's real quiet in here. You move on. Yes, sir. Okay. 
The next definition, next definition, is a fool is prideful, and it's this Hebrew word, kessel, K-E-S-I-L. This is a prideful fool. Anybody ever met a prideful fool? <laughs> I'm going to ask, are you the prideful fool? But no one ain't going to say nothing. Well, watch this. Here's what I want you to see. Uh, this fool makes the same mistakes but never learns from them and will not listen to instruction or correction concerning them. This is the fool that drives off the highway. I'm just using this analogy. Drives off the highway. You say, don't do that no more. Oh, okay, I hear what you're saying. Drives off the highway the next day. Don't do that no more. I hear what you're saying. Drives off the highway the next day. You know, you might have a point. What? Fool! How many times do you need to hit your head to realize the way you're doing it just ain't going to work? It's quiet up in here. That's all right. Watch this. So Proverbs 26, 11 talks about this fool. It says, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool or kessel repeats his folly. In other words, this fool continues to make the same mistakes because this fool is convinced that the reason it went wrong was because everybody else, not them. This fool says, everybody I've ever been with has been bad. Question, pregunta. What is it in you that continues to attract nothing and get excited about it? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Somebody say this fool. Now this Bible, this Bible, right? right. Oh, that's this. This, uh, we're going to make mistakes. And the good news is when we know we made a mistake, we can change. <laughs> Listen, somebody in here, it's, it's even hard for somebody in here, I don't know who I'm talking to, to even receive what I'm saying. Because right now you're sitting here beating yourself up for everything you've done. Get, listen to me. Listen to me. Re- listen, Linda. Listen to me right now. I declare in the name of Jesus, you be set free from that self-degradation. You be set free from beating yourself up. Guess what? You did it. It's over. It's behind you. Now you got to get up and keep it moving. Now you got to get up and keep it moving. Now you got to walk forward. You can't change yesterday, but you sure enough can change today, and you can change tomorrow. Can't do nothing about yesterday, so I'm not going to cry about what I can't change. You look crazy sitting up crying about what you can't change. Well, I this, 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 this fool, this castle. They, they repeat their mistakes. And look what the Bible says. It's like a dog who goes back to its vomit. Vomit, watch this, is something that the system could not keep down. Which means it didn't work. So this castle goes back to what didn't work. And says, I'm going to do it the same way. Because maybe, I don't know, it just was something you put in the food. Not the fact that, well, maybe it's the way I did it that caused it not to work. You, you're not getting what I'm saying. The castle goes back to its vomit. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me make it contemporary since y'all ain't said nothing. If you'd say something, I would move on. But since you don't say nothing, I stay right here. See, that's how I know you get it or not. See, I'm from the South, and in the South, you talk back to the preacher. I know in Denver, you just. But I, where I'm from, we don't do that. Where I'm from, they talk to the Say it! Woo! And then when it gets real good, they get stank-faced. Since y'all ain't saying that, I assume we don't get it. Dog to its vomit. You keep going back to the same abusive, jacked up, messed up situation. Talking about where the Lord. The Lord ain't got nothing to do with the vomit or the dog. 
So if you're tired of hearing bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Kill the Kessel. All right, Proverbs 23, 9. Now, now watch this. Here's the trip about a Kessel. Here's the trip about a Kessel, this prideful fool. Proverbs 23, 9 says, speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. I learned this the hard way. I was telling them this morning. I, uh, I used to always try to, you know, when I see people just doing stuff like, okay, I try to help people. So I had all these interventions and all these meetings and all this extra stuff. And I just literally, probably in the last year, I just really got over that. I rebuked it out of myself. I cast it out of myself every day. Every day I get up and say, mercy, come out in the name of Jesus. And then and the next day, I'm like, it's still there. Come out in the name of Jesus. And then I mean, I'm still doing it. It's still a little bit left. But, but, but I, would try to, I would try to get people to see, watch this, what they didn't want to see. And watch this. How many of us, you sitting up, spending time trying to get people. You were on the phone seven hours yesterday. You went through two full charges on your battery. Trying to get somebody to see what they don't want to see. Because here's what this Kessel does. The Kessel doesn't change by conversation. The Kessel changes with correction by force. Which means the Kessel only changes when they hurt enough that they have to. So look what the Bible says. Don't even talk to them. Put the verse up. Don't speak in the hearing of a fool. He's going to despise the wisdom of your words. So here's what a Kessel does. A fool never thinks they're wrong and won't change after being corrected through conversation. The Kessel won't even repent or apologize. You can say to the Kessel, don't you think you owe me an apology? Well, I apologize if you felt that way. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let me go on and camp right there. Then that ain't no apology. What we have is called acquiescence. You did it because you figured you needed to do it so that we could move on. Do not speak in the hearing of a Kessel, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. So check this out. This Kessel only changes when they hurt enough that they have to. Now, let's be honest. There's some stuff in our lives, and we've all done it from the pulpit to the pew to everywhere. We've all done it where you were warned. Somebody gave you wisdom. Somebody said, don't do that. Somebody's like, mm -mm. you heard a message that told you exactly what to do. And you left in the vestibule and said, that was good for my neighbor. But, you know, I just think for me, <laughs> really, okay. There's some stuff where we knew and we just decided, well, I'm just going to do it my own way. Can we be honest? All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. My question to you is this, is if you don't kill this Kessel today, this Abnerism today, then the only way he can be killed is to hurt. My question to you is how much do you have to hurt before you break? Now, I know this ain't no place where people are going to shout about this particular point in the message. You'll shout in a minute, but right now, I know this is just kind of, well, who are you trying to talk about? You and me. <laughs> us all. Us. us them. Everybody. All right. Lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say the name of Jesus. The castle is taken out of you by the blood of Jesus. From this day forward, you will heed wisdom and correction in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give God praise. Now, there's two more definitions I got to give you. Now, watch this. When, it, when, I, when, when something hits your row and it's like, mm-hmm, he just shows me. Don't resist it. That's a fool. Just be like, I did that. 
I did that. Can I tell you the most difficult thing when you're trying to coach and counsel people through life is when they just won't admit what everybody with two eyes can see? No, I don't think it was that. I, I think it was that, but I don't think it was that. Oh, okay. Well, your thinking has been so efficient for you all these years. Keep doing it that way. I learned to just let people be. I learned to just let people just, oh, okay. I sold, I had, used to have a business where I used to try to convince people of, of what they needed to know. I just sold that business. I was like, mm, this, this is too much stress. Big Bishop used to do that, but now the new, little Bishop, he don't do all that. Big Bishop like, please listen, please hear what I'm saying. I'm trying to tell you. Little Bishop, he's like, mm -mm. okay, <laughs> that's what you're going to do? Cool. Then I'm going to do what I got to do, but you do what you got to do. Yeah. The next fool is a let's, L-E-T-Z in Hebrew. This is a fool who mocks God or God's people. By definition, it means they mock, ridicule, reject, refuse, and ignore with disdain the things of God and the way of God. This is the fool that talks about you for trying to get your life in order. This is the fool that says negative, you're just going to that church. You're just, you're just giving your money. You're just tithing. What, what do you think? You're going to do it? This is a fool that likes to tell you what you cannot be because they can't. It's quiet in here. This fool likes to tell you that, please understand, the way you're serving God, that ain't going to work. I just, I just, no, that ain't going to work. They like to mock God and God's people. Watch this. Can I tell you? I didn't get to say this. This is a fool who comes against you thinking there won't be a penalty. I feel like preaching right here. The scripture says that the Lord will make our enemies our footstool, which means an enemy is a shortcut to reach a place we could not normally or naturally reach. So when people come against you, they think they just messing with you. But what they don't understand is I got my network. Who's the network? Jesus the Christ is with me. And goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. And when you rise up against me, you must be a fool to think that God ain't going to handle you. Just your neighbors here, don't get even. Tell them, say, God's got that. Don't you, somebody I need to tell, say, don't you even respond to that email. You just delete that thing. Don't you even respond to that text. You just, why? Because God says, I got the let's. They mock God or mock God's people because they think they can come against God's people and there'll be no penalty for it. They think they can ridicule Christians and talk about Christians and set Christians up and lie on Christians and attempt to malign Christians. But what they don't understand is, is that God says, I got you. And can I help somebody? Okay, never mind. You spiritual, but your neighbor knows somebody where they're like, God, when you going to handle so-and-so? Okay, let's have an honesty moment. Anybody like that? Like, God, okay. Not that you want anything negative or bad to happen to anyone, but you show like, okay, God, now I sure did turn all the cheeks. And I was patient, and I was, ain't nobody in here like that? And you can wonder sometimes, when is the Lord going to handle this? Can I teach you something I taught it years ago? If the Lord was to handle it now, and they have nothing, if he was to judge, it'd be a nothing having nothing. So sometimes God waits to let people accumulate something. So then he steps in and says, let me holler at you about how you did my son. Let me talk to you about how you handled my daughter. Don't you worry if it doesn't look like God is handling it. I'm here to tell you, he's handling it. He waits until the right time. How about somebody say he's waiting until the right time? You don't get away with messing with a child of God. You don't get away with messing with one of God's people. God says, I'm waiting until the right time. 
I'm a living witness. God says, I was waiting. And then I'll come back around when they think they did you like that and I didn't see it. That's why God says, don't you get even. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't you do all that. No, I got that. You just pray for them. And the more you pray for them, you're going to bring their name up before me. And the more you bring their name up before me, I'm going to be reminded. of. Oh, no, oh, no. We got that schedule. I, I was talking to. Can I take a moment here at the 1115? I, I was talking to a pastor because it, you know, he, was, he was really, uh, last week, he was really just, just really messed up about somebody he had essentially raised uh, from when they came to him in ministry and some of the stuff they had said to him. And he, I mean, he was just messed up so much so uh, we, we were called and I prayed for him and, and, and he's like, nah, I can't pray, Bishop. I can't even pray. He's a man of God. He's like, I, I can't pray right now. And I thought, my God, what this boy done done? And, and 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 once this, he was he was so he was so disenchanted with the situation because he's saying how is it that that this could just go on and this person could just act like this and and just is totally clueless and, and and then I had to remind him of what the text says I said what you need to understand is the Lord knows exactly when and how and I said all you got to do is get up and keep pushing I said but don't don't you get stuck. Talking about, Lord, do something. Please understand, I'm a living witness. He'll do it, and he'll do it right when it, watch this, because if he's to do it now. Okay, all right. All I'm saying is you got to be a let's to mess with God or God's people. A fool. So watch this. The Bible says this fool is at the center of strife and at the center of division. And this fool attempts to malign reputations through lying and deceit. This fool is always causing drama. They always starting something. And if you don't know somebody that always does that, I'd like to make a suggestion, hypothesis. Perhaps you're the fool that's always causing drama. If you're like, I don't have drama, but maybe, because you're the one causing it. For I'm not saying certainly, but watch this. The Bible tells us what to do with this fool, Proverbs 22.10. Cast out the scoffer, which translates into fool, which translates into let's. And contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. Hear, hear me. Look at me. There are some fools whose agenda in life, they have been, watch this, they have been sent by Satan to bring contention and strife. They cause division. They turn people against one another. They, they're tell bearers. They run and tell secrets in little corners and this and that. And they do all of that. And, 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 and the Bible calls them a fool because they're saying, you must think, they didn't hear you, but I did. It's quiet in here. All right, watch this. The, the last kind of fool uh, uh, is the word Nabal or Nabal, N-A-B-A-L. This fool lives as if there is no God. What was the first one? Petty, P-E-T-I. What's the second one? Kessel. What's the third one? Let's, and here, and here's, this, here's the fourth one. A fool lives as if there is no God. This is the Nabal or the Nabal fool. Psalm 53.1. Look what it says. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, heart here in Hebrew is the word lab, which means mind. So the fool said in his mind, there is no God. In fact, look what the fool goes on to do. They are corrupt and have done abominable iniquity, generational curses. Iniquity means to generational curses. There is none who does good. So this fool says, ain't nothing good. Ain't nothing right. Watch this. Literally, this word refers to Atheists and agnostics, and, and you could see that. 
An atheist is one who believes that there is no God. An agnostic says they don't know enough to declare whether there is or there isn't a God, which by biblical definition is unbelief by choice. And you're like, Bishop, that's good. Tell him, tell him, tell him. Say something, Bishop. Woo, he better preach. Okay, no, but I want to talk about the Christian atheist. Because watch this. The Christian atheist, the word Nabal literally means to be disgraceful. To disgrace, which means to disrespect and dishonor the grace that God gives us. What is the grace that God gives us? God says, my grace is that I give you favor, I give you super to your natural that you do not deserve. So watch this. The Nabal disses grace. The neighbor says, God, you've been good to me, but, you know, I'm not going to live for you. Appreciate it. Thanks. God, you've been faithful to me. I'm not serving. Just not doing it. They disgrace. Okay, watch this. If you're a parent and you've ever had to deal with a child's disgraceful actions, you buy them a phone. Y'all are something else. Let's thank God for all those in the overflow. Maybe they shout because y'all ain't saying nothing in here. If you ever done something for your child, and, and I mean, you, what they didn't know is that you had to move some stuff around. Any parents know about moving some stuff around? This had to go over there. That had to go over there. You just put that in the table like, I ain't even going to look at that. I just... Watch this. To disgrace, say disgrace. disgrace. It literally means, watch this, that they've disrespected and dishonored grace. So now, you get them this, you go out of your way to do all this for them, and then they're like, well, you know, you know, well, Susie got an iPhone 6. I had to sign up for a new line and cancel the old line and pay the cancellation fee on the uh, but. Point is, you went out of your way to do something graceful for them, and now they're not even grateful. I'm here to tell you, you can be a neighbor because you're sitting up complaining about your life, and God says, but I went out of my way when I went on that cross. I've been going out of my way to be good to you, and you got an attitude with me. You got to be begged to clap. Some of y'all looking at me now like, hmm, well, look, hmm, back to you. I ain't from here. I ain't scared of you. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Just your neighbor say, the least you could do is be thankful. When Jesus hung on that cross and paid the price, the least you could do is praise him. The least you could do is worship him. The least you could do. What's this? What's this? What's this? Christian atheists espouse to believe in God. And here's the we've all done it. We've all done it. They espouse to believe in God, but live as if God isn't real. A Christian atheist creates their own beliefs outside of the word of God. You, you, I, I call them this workplace wise men. Where they have all the answers on the job. About everything that there is to know about life. Okay, so. You're talking to him like, man, church, I was learning church yesterday. It's just, yes, and man, all these words for food and all that. And they'd be like, well, I just believe that you ain't got to go to church. See, because God is in us. And you're sitting there like, that's right, that's right. No, no. They create their own beliefs outside of the Bible. I know what it says, but this is what I believe. 
here's what I need to, let me peep you to some game. That's an urban colloquialism, which means let me explain something to you, good fella. Your beliefs are absolutely irrelevant. You don't have to believe in gravity. Stand up on this thing here, on this trust, they call it. You could probably fit. Well, maybe not. But go up there and, and then, you know, jump. You know what's going to happen? You're going to fall. You know what I'm going to do? Stand out the way. Here's the deal. Your belief in gravity or not is irrelevant. Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. But Bishop, what are you trying to say? What's this? What's this? What's this? A Christian atheist worries more than they pray. And we've all done it. Can we be honest? We've all done it. Well, matter of fact, there's some stuff now. You sitting, you can't even receive the word because you're sitting here worried about tomorrow. You're like, shoot, man, that got so got to because the, the leasing office is going to be in tomorrow. We're going to have to call them and say something to them. You, you got all these worries. And God is saying, well, now, wait a minute. Didn't I tell you to cast your cares on me because I care for you? So now, do you believe in me or not? Do you believe that since you're a giver, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that you don't? Do you believe that or not? A Christian atheist says they believe it, but doesn't actually practice it. And we've all done it. We've all done it. A Christian atheist, watch this, watch this, when, they, when we lack passion in our praise and worship. The scripture says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Give him the sacrifice of praise. Now, take this out. Here's what that means. Put on the garment of praise, which means praise is a garment. Which means, watch this, when I don't feel like it, that has nothing to do with what I put on. You didn't hear what I just said. If it's a garment, that means I can put it on and take it off. Which means, watch this, the times I really don't feel like giving God praise, those are the times I need to go to my closet and say, well, wait a minute, but it's still been good. And my situation may not feel good. And my situation may not look good. But I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, which means my feelings are irrelevant. But a Christian atheist says, a Christian atheist says, well, I don't feel like that today. I'm going through some things. And the Lord just needs to understand. Okay. That's, that's being a Nabal. That's being a fool. What's this? What's this? I'm just giving us some examples. Touch your neighbor. These are just examples. When we complain, we're acting like neighbors. When we complain. Anybody? Come on, let's be honest. We can be honest. Anybody complain? Thank you. Anybody complain a lot? <laughs> okay. I'll just be honest. I was telling them this morning, I, I, um, I discovered about me that I, I have more worry in me than I knew, and I discovered that, that I, sometimes uh, I, I have to be very careful to not step into complaining. And, 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 you know, I was like, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job. And then the Holy Ghost was like, but look at that. I was like, mm. And he's like, and look at that. I was like, okay. He's like, well, look at that. I was like, okay. <laughs> Let me just go on in here and get Abner out. <laughs> Here's the point. When you complain and when we complain about our lives, I, I gave this analogy. I'll use it again because it, it works. When you, anybody have a bad experience at a restaurant? Now, some of y'all, I can tell from seeing how you are in church, you're the person that wants everybody to know you had a bad experience in a restaurant. 
I can tell. I can just tell. Some of y'all just got it written all over your face. You don't have to say a word. I'm going to need to see the manager. <laughs> well, man, what's the problem? No, it ain't no problem right now, but if you don't give me the manager, it's going to be a problem. Yeah? Now, <laughs> like, calm down. God, no, they didn't, all they didn't do was bring your cornbread. Relax. You're going to get your cornbread. Yeah, I thought. Maybe the Lord's trying to tell you something. Maybe you just need to just do Atkins today or something. Protein power. Okay, watch this. I'm just being funny. Watch this. Check this out. When you complain, if you've ever had a bad experience at a restaurant, when you complain, the purpose of your complaint is to do what? Is to communicate to management that someone somewhere has failed. Regardless of the reason, there's been failure. Systems failure, pers personnel failure. Somebody somewhere has failed. Now, here's the point. When we complain about our lives, what we're saying to God is, God, somehow, some way, you failed. And I'm so not into believing that you're going to correct this and fix this, that what I'm going to do is complain to you as if you don't already see what's wrong. That's why when Jesus prayed, Jesus never declared the problem. He only declared the solution. Jesus didn't walk up and say, Lord, Lazarus show is dead. Instead, he said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't go to the blind man and say, Lord, you know he can't see. No, instead, he said, listen, go wash these eyes out. In other words, Jesus said, I don't have any time to focus on the problem. I need to focus on the solution. Because when I begin to complain, I am not just complaining about the circumstance. I'm complaining about the God who I say I serve. And when I complain about the God who I say I serve, I am accusing him of failure. And every time we accuse him of failure, is it if we're saying, God, you don't really know what you're doing. So then what do we do? Then we go into worry, which says, Lord, I'm going to handle that. You, I got it. You rest, you sit this one out, God. I got this one. All of those, the Bible calls, are traits of a navel. Now, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Proverbs 123, and I'm through, says this. Turn, and, 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 and I didn't, uh, I, I needed for us to get this message because there's more to the name. People shout the name Jesus, 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 and we do that, and we thank God for the name. And it's the name above every name. It's greater than cancer. It's greater than sickness. It's greater than disease. It's greater than poverty. It's greater than lack. It's greater than death. But now there's a way that's revealed in that name, and it's not the way of the fool. It's the way of the faithful. Now, Proverbs 123 says this. This is God talking. He says, turn at my rebuke, turn, change at my correction. Surely I will pour out my spirit, my ruach in Hebrew here, which means my mind. Watch this. My will, my thoughts, my emotions, <laughs> if he had them, on you. I will make my words known to you. Check this out. God says, I needed you to know that Abner has been stealing some stuff from you. And maybe the reason that, that the opportunity you had, you lost, wasn't because God was trying to shift you into something else. Maybe it was because Abner killed it. It's quiet up in here. And the purpose of identifying Abner isn't to make you feel defeated about the mistakes you've made. The purpose of identifying Abner is so that now we can assess blame to the right place so correction can come forth. As long as you sit here blaming the devil, here's what the devil do. He'll let you sit there and blame him because if he knows if you ever figure out where the problem really came from, that you'll get free. So he doesn't mind you sitting there saying the devil is busy. The devil is, he don't have power like that. 
He just doesn't. Anything he does, he has to get permission first. Are you here? Turn, change at my correction, and I'll pour my spirit on you. I'll make my words known to you. So, pregunta, that's Spanish for question. And that's like the seven words in Spanish I know. But I'm learning. I got my Spanish for dummies playing on the car all the time. See, there you go. <laughs> what has Abner stolen from you? What did foolish decisions, foolish attitudes, foolish ways, what has it taken from you? Maybe it wasn't the devil. Maybe it's time to stop blaming your mama, Neil. Maybe it's time to stop blaming daddy, Neil. Maybe it's time to stop blaming what happened when you were two. It happened when you were four. It happened to, maybe it's time to say, but wait a minute. There's an Abner in me, and I got to kill him. Because he takes from me, and Abner died like a fool. He should have been next in line for a high-ranking leadership position in the dynasty of Saul. Instead, he died. And the Bible says David was so upset about it, David wrote him a song. I don't know how the beat went, but he was like, Abner died like a fool. Like a fool. Like a fool. And it ain't cool to die like a fool. Hey, it ain't cool. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. I, we did this at the last experience. I want to do it again. If you were here, and thank God for our dream team that served many of them at both experiences. If you were here and you need to do it again, do it again. Uh, if you don't, don't do it. But I want everybody to get a piece of paper. And if you're not going to do it, that's fine. Just keep letting Abner take from you. Good luck. Wish you well. But for those who say, there's some foolish stuff I've done and some foolish ways. Been worrying. Been holding back my praise. I've been causing division. Been not listening to anybody. Never thinking you can be corrected. Being inconsistent in the right things but consistent in the wrong things the Bible calls that foolish and the scripture says in Psalm 123 while you're getting that sheet of paper here's what I want you to write I want you to write down I understand I want to make it real clear at this experience I want you to write down the, the ways you have that you can identify from today's teaching that are foolish and if you have nothing to write on the paper your first foolish way is called denial we all have something on the paper. I got, I got my own paper. I'm going to put it in there in a minute. No, after the experience. We all have some foolish ways. But that, after you write down some of those foolish ways, I want you to write down what it's taken from you. And here's why I need you to do that. Number one, I need you to see yourself doing this. And if you're watching online or Roku or any of our sites, I want you to put it in the chat. If you're not, if you're not on the chat, tweet it to us. And if you can't tweet it to us, Facebook it to us. If you can't Facebook it to us, uh, email it to us. But the reason I need you to do this is I need you to see yourself doing this. Because sometimes until you can see it, you can't see it. Sometimes we need to visualize it. Because you disdained all my counsel and have none of my rebuke or correction, I will laugh at your calamity and mock you when terror comes. 
when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear or reverence of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they'll eat the fruit of their own way and be filled full to their own fancies. For their turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But, y'all don't know when to shout. I'll teach you. I'll learn you. But, God says, you had some unnecessary storms. You didn't have some unnecessary drama. You didn't have some unnecessary issues. But, and what I love about our God is that when it looks bad, there's always a but and it's always a big one. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Today, somebody said, I need to hear from God. You heard from him. Lord, I'm just confused. You got your answer. Abner has to die. Let's kill him. And the good news is this is a group kill. I said, this is a group kill. So with all of us in here and all of us out there and all of us online and all of us on Roku, that joke ain't going to get off today. This is a group kill. This is a group drive-by. And <laughs> we ain't just driving by. We getting out the car. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.